Welcome, everybody, to Talking Elite with the All Elite Zone podcast. I am joined tonight by both Adam and Connor. We are going to be having a great discussion um, about not just a great wrestler. We're going to be talking about Jay Briscoe just a little bit later. Uh, but we are going to be having another discussion a, about the pandemic era of wrestling and how how weird it was and how like just on the whole timing of it and maybe if it wasn't for the uh, pandemic i wonder if we would have a crazy amount of numbers when it comes to ratings or maybe nothing happened so it's gonna be a fun discussion tonight adam connor how are you guys doing i'm doing all right i mean i'm hanging in there kind of um shocked by the news of Jay Briscoe yesterday, so that kind of took me by surprise. But um, you know, other than that, hanging in there. <laughs> yeah, that, that uh, shock. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it was definitely not what I was expecting. Uh, at the same time, Kevin Nash was going through some stuff, and I thought something there had went down. Yeah, I know Kevin's taking the loss of his son pretty hard, so. Um, and on top of it, like the death of Scott Hall and his son wasn't too far apart. No, like they were what a couple months. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I really uh, hope um, Diesel himself is uh, doing good, and hopefully he gets the help he needs. Um, I know I saw a report uh, yesterday, uh, right after we went off the air, and I saw the report that someone they someone due to the, as soon as they heard his podcast did a um, basically a well. For check form, we'll get him. You know, it's not. It, it's hardest friend, especially your son. So, bearing uh, out that, I hope that they can. Uh, so, yeah, it's. <laughs> he said, "I'm." T- um, Lane, I don't mean to cut you off, but you're going in and out. So I'm just I'm catching you right now because you keep going in and out. So sorry just, about no, that. don't worry. I'm just let, my no, I'm, I'm letting you know and it's not going to work again. Right. No, you're good. Yes. You get more clear now, I think. I think we're good now. Jeez, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. Watch. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, we are we are going to be discussing uh the yeah we are going to be discussing the uh, pandemic um era of uh AEW um and did, did you guys remember that first night when it was like it felt like everything was normal you know we were setting up for the great Brody Lee and not Hardy to debut in the same night in Manchester, New York. But due to a global pandemic, that changed the course a little bit on AEW. <laughs> um, I remember that first show, it was just a scary sight to see. You pan open to see Cody Rhodes in the ring and to have him, the Bucks, Kenny, and then eventually Hangman, because I know it was during a time frame when they were having uh, the starting of that, that feud with the Bucks. So 
it was a very like I guess eerie eerie sight. It didn't feel real. It just it still felt like it was not a dream, but didn't feel like we were under lockdown or well at least i was under lockdown because of work but i just remember like how it was just so quiet and just there was no noise and then with a flick of a switch cody like had the pyro go off and that at least got a good start to the show um do you guys remember that night were you guys watching that first episode during the pandemic oh yeah i was uh watching um at that time, I never missed an AEW. Like at that time, it was the almost a honeymoon season of AEW. Like the hype was still there. Like everything they did was on point. Everything, everyone was trying to outdo each other. Uh, it was very different. Uh, but I thought that first episode they did very well. For I thought during the pandemic, AEW did better than WWE uh, with how they booked their shows and how they utilized what they had. Um, uh, what was that? How do I want to put it? First show was very, very different, but very, very good. Uh, it was the first time we seen wrestlers in the crowd, and I believe it was MJF and Sammy. I believe it was Jericho's music. That was and they, I believe it was them too. When Sammy was trying to sing, and then like they were just playing. Us. I think like some of them like playing poker games or something. Yeah, uh, it was MJF and um, Sean Spears. They're placing bets in the matches on the side. <laughs> Yeah, like they like, made it very entertaining for what they had. Uh, yes. Starting out, they did. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I like you, Lane. Um, I worked during the pandemic, and unfortunately, I worked nights, um, so I didn't catch a lot of the first um, show during the pandemic. Um, I would try to follow up with the shows on YouTube, um, see highlights from the show. Um, it was very eerie seeing no audience members but mostly just wrestlers in the crowd uh as as the sound for for the programming um but yeah no it's uh i think we got some good memorable moments during the pandemic and um to go along with what you said lane i, I totally agree i think AEW did it better with at least having wrestlers in the crowd to react um whereas another company had screens of viewers and piped in noise yeah that one was uh one. yeah that one was just weird and dumb and they dumb still idea do. Um, still they, they yeah. still do pump noise in yes um yeah. which yeah um but yeah no and you know it, it got us through you know it, it kept us entertained during the pandemic um i know i have a couple of moments during the pandemic uh era of AEW that i can pinpoint so you know, it was one of those, like, it was kind of the hardest, um, I think, least recent time in my adult life. Um, and for me, even, like, that first episode, because, you know, at the time, like I said, I was working at Lowe's. I was working in the garden center, and those first few days were just, just hell because you had people wrapped around the building. And I luckily had that Wednesday night off. And for me and my fiancé, like, it was just such a – I guess like it's a real moment. Like it's still like to me, it still did not feel real. But to have, um, to, but to have like to them that way I was talking about earlier. To have that moment um, when you had two feuding parties come together to try to put on a show for you know we didn't know how long that this quarantine was gonna last. And for me, 
like the show was an escape. And once we get, you know, more into like the match, our fair matches and our fair moments um, coming up, like it wasn't, it was definitely an escape for sure. And especially once the show started going, like that was, it really, it really made things like maybe forget how tired and how worn out I was from the previous day. So um, I know on the first show we had probably uh, one of the first big debuts. Uh, we had a cool, cool video package that led into the exiled one. We had Brody Lee's debut. I remember I was freaking out. Um, it was probably one of my my favorite like debuts that you know has been with the company, and a very memorable one. Even even with the, like the times, um, for me like to have you know I think it was SCU that was out there that was that was uh, poking you know Dark Order, and then to have Brody Lee come out and have that you know start of Brody Lee's you know reign of terror. You know, that was such a surreal moment. I know it would have been a lot better with the fans, you know, with Rochester, New York being his hometown. But, you know, it was one of those things that I didn't expect him to be the leader. Um, I know I just saw Ethan's comment um, pop up um, asking if we thought, and I'll ask this question, um, did you guys think that Matt Hardy was the leader of Dark Order or did you guys think it was somebody else? I I had a feeling it was going to be someone else, uh, just because Matt Hardy had his had his whole broken Matt Hardy thing going on, um, especially um, after leaving WWE and you know kind of reverting back to that broken Matt Hardy character. I kind of felt like he could have he could thrive with that character in AEW at, at he as he did in TNA. Um, so um, I really didn't think. It was going to be Matt Hardy. I, I could have thought of someone else, uh, whether it's Brody Lee, whether it's someone else. But I didn't really think Matt Hardy was going to be the leader. Although I will follow through and kind of add on to Usain Brody Lee's debut. I mean, Matt Hardy's debut for me as the member of um, of uh, Omega and the Bucks and all them versus the Inner Circle for the Stampede. Just them introducing Matt Hardy and him just. Up in the, up in the booth, just doing his oh yeah, like and yeah, just, I, I, yeah, and, and like <laughs> I was just I I marked out. I was like, oh my god, it's Broken Man Hardy. All right, now I'm happy. So because I feel like yeah, no, I definitely thought it was someone else. So. I, I I do think I, so too. Yep. It was hard because like I was thinking because Matt was also at the time like you know he was showing. I guess signs that he was coming to AEW and he was also like liking a lot of the stuff that dark order was doing. So I liked that little swerve that he did um, and have him coming, you know, against with, you know, with the elite and go up against, you know, the inner circle. I thought that was a really fun, um, fun debut for Matt Hardy. Like it was kind of a swerve because I really thought like, I really thought Matt Hardy was going to be the leader of dark order. I really, I knew there was, there was rumors about Brody Lee, but, I really thought like he was going to do something with him and Christopher Daniels. I thought they were going to um, not be co-leaders, but I thought they were going to have a very good story with the dark order. And I liked how they kind of made us think that. And then they had, I think one week they, like before the pandemic hit, they, they had Raven in the audience. Like they were, they were really building up um, mm-hmm. a really cool, like storyline with Brody. And, you know, I thought dark order was probably one of the best acts on the roster after they got the, Kind of like you know they kind of had to tighten down the screws a little bit um, with the whole you know wrestlers coming in that were that were any you know independent wrestlers that were coming in and they were not even hitting strikes they were kind of like very I guess green they were more green than most of the you know most of the on dark 
Are you talking about the Odessa Rhodes thing? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know exactly what I'm talking about. And then um, the guy, uh, yeah, the guy who did it, he he came out and said that's how bad it was. He came out and over like the indie wrestler who was from Georgia, one of Cody Rhodes' uh, Nightmare Factory members. Um, I'm surprised Cody Rhodes didn't bring that up in their feud uh, with the Nightmare Factory, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, he, he came out and told everyone it was him because like it was, I think it was Mark Henry and. Like this guy should be fired right now. I think Max, uh, Mark Henry was one of the ones that was saying that. Yeah, it was definitely like it was. A, it was a weird. And like I said, I think after that, like I said, with Brody, like his like his impact, especially with everything the Dark Order and Brody did on uh, being the elite every week, like it really made a lot of fun um, during that really crazy time frame. Like it was. Like, I love being the elite at that time. Like I loved the I loved when Brody threw the papers at Evil Uno. I'm glad they kept that as a shtick <laughs> and how he would just abuse his guys. It was just it was just the greatest thing because he was also spoofing Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And I think the, like I said, it was the same thing with Matt Hardy. Those two probably would have been the biggest stars in wrestling. Well, they were pretty big, but they probably would have had the like the biggest debuts, you know, besides punk you know, in that company, like they would have been, especially with, you know, how hot it was, like Connor was saying the honeymoon phase. So that was like, so that, that first night with having that and then having it lead up to, you know, fortunately they weren't able to do blood and guts, but going into the stadium stampede match. Um, did you guys watch the stadium stampede match? Or did you guys watch highlights? Cause I, I remember watching I, it and it was so much. Fun. I, I had to watch highlights of it. Um, I think one of my favorite moments is, I mean, obviously the uh, one-winged angel yeah. <laughs> off the off yeah, the top man. through yeah. the table. I mean that the golf cart um, uh, spot was was with with Sammy. I thought that was a great spot. Um, I just thought all around it was a really cool match and a, a cool concept. So, but yeah, I had to watch highlights of it. So. What about you, Connor? Did you watch that full match or? Yeah, I did watch it live. Uh, it was a uh, definitely like the main event. Um, <laughs> well, the championship match. Moxley uh, doing the program shift on the stage and just collapsing the damn thing. Yes. I didn't know how they was going to top that, but it was funny <laughs> that uh, wasn't the Hangman and uh, Jake. Was it Hangman and Jake Hager? And they were at, like at the bar and stuff. And <laughs> Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely something that's never had been done before, like a match inside a football arena that has never been done before. Uh, then, like, the Matt Hardy stuff, like, they uh, – I, I believe he went inside the pool thing and he came out and did, like, his different characters. Like, he went to Money Matt Hardy and then he, 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 he brought that back on AEW. Uh, it was very different and very good for what they were able to do with that. Uh the second one, I believe they had a second one, but like, wasn't it with like with the crowd, uh, with the pinnacle? I think. Yeah, uh, it was like yeah, it was like yeah, the, it was yeah, it was inner. The, I think it was inner circle horsemen. in the pinnacle. Yeah, it wasn't quite the same, but the first one was uh was very different, something that no one had ever done before in wrestling, which was yeah. very, very good. Definitely, especially uh, one of my favorite spots in that match was when Matt Jackson flipped off the Jaguars goalpost. <laughs> like that, <laughs> like you knew that, that. Like that's one thing with the Bucks and Kenny. Like you knew they were gonna go do some high flying move off of something. 
And like I said, that match was just like I said, it was just one of those ones that was just so much fun. Like Connor was saying with Broken Matt Hardy, he really you know brought that Broken Universe into play in a cinematic match. Um, I actually thought it was actually my opinion. I thought it was probably the better cinematic match besides the uh, Firefly Funhouse match in, in WWE. Like, I, I, I think that one was kind of tied with it, or might be a little bit better just because the story was Cena, but. I mean, I kind of, I kind of thoroughly enjoyed the broken rules match with uh, Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara. Um, yes. That that actually was one of my favorite uh, cinematic gimmick matches during that era, yeah. uh, the pandemic, um, just because it had you twisted, turning, thinking. Because you had to remember, it was a match where it had Matt Hardy lost; he had to leave AEW, and so, um, and so it was that moment where they both fall off the platform. And Hardy hits his head and he's that out. Was scary. And it's that point where yeah. they're like, "Oh, we're, we got to call it," you know. And then later they're like, "Oh no, we can continue." And then he comes back and wins it. So it's like this whole twist and turvy thing. You're like, "Holy crap! This is how Matt Hardy's going to be leaving AEW. This is ridiculous." And he comes yeah. back and wins the match. Um, so, and I give credit for Sammy Guevara. The you know the kid does a lot of great spots uh high flying spots i mean like i said i've been following him since he was in lucha underground um so i knew when he came to AEW, he was gonna you know put on some some solid matches so but i would say the broken rules match was kind of one of my favorite outside of this stadium stampede match as far as a gimmick match during the uh pandemic era yeah that, like said, that was a fun one that especially just just I know Matt's wife was really ticked off after that spot. And really, I'm surprised that Matt said, let's keep going. Like, you know, yeah. I am surprised the doctors didn't say, hey, man, like, you got to stop. You can't keep going. But mm-hmm. and I like Tally Lee, so they kind of tied it back into what was going on. Like, I think the camera angle was great with that. And just they really did a good job um, with that one. Another weird one that I don't know why I like it, but a lot of people don't. It was uh, Moxley and Hager's empty arena uh, brawl. That mm-hmm. that fight for me, that one was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Like I had a lot of fun with it, and I think with especially with Jim Ross calling it, I still think it. it I to me, it held up to the expect expectations they set. You know, I know it was during their honeymoon phase, but for me, like that match is one of the ones that still sticks out. Um, what do you do? You guys, uh, you guys remember that match at all? Or do you guys remember like, um, like you guys are watching that one, or was that? Something I that- I remember highlights. I don't remember it full. Like I said, it was very hard for me during the pandemic because I was working nights. I couldn't catch all the, especially Wednesday nights. So I worked in law enforcement. So I worked in corrections. So I was always working from like four p.m. to like eleven p.m. So I was always missing the live showings of Dynamite. So I always had to go online, and of course online they had to cut things shorter for highlights so i had to go back and watch highlights of everything you know so and i could i couldn't watch any of the the specials uh because of the, because i was working the same you know i only had thursday fridays off so i couldn't really i didn't have much option except for youtube and watching highlights so i uh, do yeah. remember this match uh i thought tony Khan really overhyped it a little bit for what he said he said that it was violence like he made it like it was going to be extreme barbed wire death match but it was a good match uh, i don't think it should have hyped it up that much <laughs> but because the barbed wire death match definitely well till the end it was up to the hype uh of course but 
uh, but no, the, the Moxley and, and Hager match was a very good match, and they really capitalized on that, like an empty arena match, what they used to have. Uh, like in Memphis Wrestling, I remember Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk having a match like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, no fans in the arena. They went through the bleachers. They went through everything, basically, in that whole arena. Uh, it was very different. And also, before AEW capitalized on an empty arena, the best, I feel like. Uh, yeah. They exploited barbed wire deathmatch. I couldn't have done in a normal arena. You can't do that. Because uh, what was supposed to... It, if you if you got to get the chance, go in uh, YouTube and put an exploding barbed wire death match. There's this one video of the entire ring exploding. Like I don't know how they would have done that in Davy's place because like there's so much smoke. It's like a bomb went off. Like they couldn't do that in just any arena. Like it has to be an outside arena. Hey, but, let's not forget. Let's not forget the sacrifice Eddie Kingston did for that. Okay. <laughs> Eddie <laughs> Eddie yeah. Kingston was protecting his friend. See, I oh wish God. they would have. Uh, like, I ah! wish they would have done the. I wish they, <laughs> See, I wish um, they would have had Moxley cut his promo like live on air on that one. I know we're getting a little off topic, but I wish because yeah. Moxley's promo where he's like, "Man, Kenny Omega can't design, you know, a, a death match yeah. worth a shit." Yeah, they should have cut that. Like, they should have kept it like that's the way they should have gone off the air because in that way it, yeah. it makes sense. It's like, oh fudge, and I don't think that match will ever come back to AEW. I don't think that ever, ever, ever. There's no way. I don't they- think even- like the only way they could do it is limited capacity basically outside you have to do that like if you watch like the how it's supposed to be done it the whole ring explodes yeah. like a bomb <laughs> went off uh it, i think it was in japan too uh the whole ring explodes like you can't do that just anywhere yeah that's i mean that's i mean that's where it originated from is like the the, the japanese wrestling is the exploding yeah. Barbed wire and stuff like that. They had some crazy. I mean, they. You know what? And I, I keep forgetting what it was, but um, it was part of an episode of Dark Side of the Ring where they talked about a promotion that did stuff like that, that had the barbed wire ring and like exploding and all that stuff. And now you see a lot of it in like, um, like gcw they've got all that yeah. stuff going on you know gcw does does a lot of those kind there of was also com- i know there was the one before the, the combat zone wrestling as well yeah combat did, zone did that wrestling, as well yeah. yes and in fact if you think about it that's where moxley had his pink hair was combat zone wrestling yes when he wrestled there i he love the pink, pink hair mox yeah if you mox. haven't seen that people in the, in the comments uh like adam was saying go back and watch some of john moxley's czw uh matches uh, especially because there's also a great match with Nick Gage um, that was on there, and so that one, yeah, I would recommend going out of your way. Go, go watch it because Nick Gage kicks the sh- kicks the shit out of out of Mox. I uh, sent you both. So, uh, I just sent you both the like I I I, I want to see you guys' reaction oh, to this. Oh. But watch it and like this is how it's supposed right. to be done. But... Okay. All right, everybody joining us, uh, we're we're watching an ex, uh, yeah. ring. Do you want to post it in the comment section, Connor? Yeah, uh, post the link to it. I mean, yeah, that's in a oh parking my... lot. Yeah, that's got me in a park. That's yeah. a that's a lot. Yeah, that's a that's in a parking lot. Oh my lot. gosh. Yeah. Oh, that was ninety four. <laughs> okay. Oh, that is Onita. Okay, that, I thought that's who that was. The whole thing was this exploded. Jack? But I don't know who it was that they got blown away. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, 
At- Atsuri Onida, which I've seen some of his his highlights, and then the great Suzuki. Oh, Suzuki! The yeah, great yeah, Sasuke. Okay. Sas- Sas- uh, Sasuke. Sasuke. Not Suzuki. It's Sasuke. Oh, I like, I love, so, yeah, I like, oh, yeah, that I, was I believe. I believe, and hopefully, uh, what's his name? Um, Cog jumps on tonight. Maybe he can help me out with it. But I believe yeah. Onita was um, was huge in Japan for the death death matches. Um, I, I, I'm 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 believing so. But if you know if Cog jumps on here, you can correct me because Cog's knowledgeable of everything. But I yeah, believe Omega was huge in like gimmick matches in Japan. But I don't believe this. I was able to watch the first episode through a plane. The, I guess the first pandemic show you watched it through a plane, like you just went by every so <laughs> often and just watched the show. Well, they have the little screens on the plane. You could you could have watched it on that. Um, especially like during that time frame where, you know, people they were just doing, hopefully trying to get flights home. So, Max, um, if you want to t- tell your story in the comments, and we'll read it on air if you if you don't mind us, we will share it. Um, but we'd like to know kind of what the airport was going like during that time frame because I know Eddie Kingston, we're going to get to his uh, debut match here in a second. But I know Eddie Kingston, when he was on talk with Jericho, he was telling the story about how he almost didn't come home because he was in Britain. And that he was trying to get home. He had to sell his ring gear. It was just the guy literally almost didn't come back for for a couple months and had nowhere to go, no work. So, yeah, I'd like to hear what you, if Max, if you're in the comment section, let us know um, down below like what your experience was like. Because yeah, that was a yeah like that to be able to be on a plane. That's it's crazy. Um, man, just and I think the only good thing that came out of it was you had. I guess made it uh, kind of leads in the issue now, but you had everything with Eddie Kingston making his debut. Um, that was he became a star in my mind as soon as he no music just came out and cut that great promo on uh, Cody when he started doing that TNT you know championship uh, every week. That you know that was another fun part of the show when they were <clears throat> incorporating that into you know the open challenge every week. Um, for like that promo coming out, and then you know him bringing out the thumbtacks. Like he knew how to wrestle, and he knew great psychology. He knew how to sell. That for me is what stood out with me with Eddie Kingston. I'm like, they better sign this guy like right away. Like he just he just blew my mind. I I like I was like wow. Like he can talk. I had no idea who he was because at the time I didn't watch Impact Wrestling. I didn't know his yeah. promo and stuff he did with Santana and Ortiz. You know, I will just say this: uh, he was a complete joke in Impact. Conan and Nema, I, they tore him up in this one match. It was Slammiversary 2018, Santana Ortiz versus Hernandez and Homicide, and Kingston got demolished. He was like, Poor he King. wasn't like, he wasn't like what he is today. He's kind of like Mark Sterling in a way. He was like Mark Sterling, who he was just a mouthpiece and a like a, almost like a yeah. comical character. He got beat um, up. He, he got beat up bad. And then seeing AEW, I wasn't too excited because at that time, I, I never really seen him actually wrestle. I've never seen besides Impact. But uh, yeah. once that first match uh, definitely changed my mind, uh, the whole presentation about him. Because uh, in Impact, he got put through attacks. He didn't put anyone through attacks, uh, which has come a long way in AEW. Uh, and 
his AEW run has uh, justified his career more serious than his Impact one. I feel like uh, if any, if anyone has has watched his Impact stuff, you know what I'm. It was like Mark Sterling, but a little bit more edgier than Mark Sterling. But he <laughs> would he got beat up a lot, a lot. His body. Uh, I, th- I think the Lucha Bros did something too uh, with him. Like they smashed his head in the tax or something. Poor guy. Was, yeah, no. He, he his his feud with Pac earlier on with it in his in his AEW debut, like his 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 career with AEW, uh, was a great far cry of what he the crap he was doing in TNA. You know the Death Crew Council. You know that was honestly the. I'm sorry, that was the worst group gimmick I've ever seen, and that and that includes um, aces and eights. <laughs> yeah, aces um, and eight was another but, weird one. Yeah. No, but but hit his his when he got into AEW, you know, and he and he actually teamed with you know he, I think he was with Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny. He's with the Lucha Bros, you know, and he started that feud with Pac, um, which is kind of crazy because he had that that great story with Pac and their feud, um, and uh, you know, uh, basically him and um, I, I think was it Moxley had that I Quit match, um, yeah, I believe so. I mean, some of his earlier stuff in AEW was great, and it's crazy because now he, you know, reconnected with Ortiz, you know, and it's funny because he was teaming with the Lucha Bros, and they were attacking Pac, and now Pac is part of the Lucha Bros, you know? Mm-hmm. So it kind of comes full circle, and, you know, I think Eddie Kingston was like that central pin in all that storytelling um, because the, the man knows how to get on the mic, knows how to talk. Um, I think once he came to AEW, kind of came into his own, um, and I think that's because of the free range, most, most of the free range that the wrestlers get in AEW of, Hey, this is your character. You roll with it. You know, there's no, Hey, this is how I want your character to be. This is how I want you to sound. No, it's, it's all Eddie Kingston. It's literally how he is. And I think that's where he shines the most in AEW. And eventually before he completely finishes pro wrestling and, and completely finishes AEW, I like to see him win at least one one title in AEW, yeah. you know, before, before he calls it, Hey, done, you know? So um, whether it's the all Atlantic or because you know, all Atlantic makes the most sense, right? At Kingston to win just because he's been wrestling all these great new Japan, old, old Japan pro wrestlers. Yeah. You know, he's always going over there and wrestling. And so, um, so yeah, no, I definitely think the pandemic was a blessing uh, especially for Eddie Kingston, because we got Eddie Kingston in AEW, and I loved his his full 180 from all the stuff he did in TNA. So, yeah, yeah it I, was uh, definitely a huge standout. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, I don't see Eddie Kingston becoming world champion in AEW. Uh, AEW is still a new company. They're even though they're four years, they're still a very new company, and they. I don't know if Eddie Kingston would come off of someone like, you know, Jericho, Moxie, Omega, Hangman, Punk, MJF, Kingston. I get, like, Kingston's very good, but AEW is still new. It's still that big, prestigious name to hold that title. Um, but I think Kate Kingston could be a good uh, All-Land champ because he goes to Japan a lot. Uh, he goes all these places, yeah. and it'd make his AEW title run All-Land more useful if he goes to like New Japan, defends it there. He goes to Japan a lot. Uh, he goes he goes everywhere, <laughs> basically. Uh, but I feel like the outline it, not Griff Adam, the outline it would be very good uh, for Eddie Kingston. 
Yeah, or, um, or, or maybe down the road, uh, a Moxley and Kingston tag title run. Uh, that'd which, be they, which they almost had at Rev, uh, Double or Nothing 2021. They almost had that. Uh, so close. They almost won those. It wasn't for Don Callis. <laughs> Damn it, Stupid Don, Don Callis. He screwed two people that Callis, night. Yeah. And then another great um, match, and one that I'm surprised nobody's signed the kid, um, Warhorse. I am surprised neither AEW, WWE, Impact. I'm su- I wonder if it's his choosing, but I'm surprised he didn't get signed. That was another yeah. like wrestler that blew me away that they brought in, and I'm surprised they haven't done more work with Warhorse. I could be wrong, but wasn't when he debuted when Matt Cardona debuted in AEW? Yeah, that was another weird yes. time frame. Yeah, Matt Cardona did that little stunt. I feel like Matt Cardona, he blew his entire match out of the water when he when he came out. Uh, I, I could kind of tell he wasn't going to stay for long, Matt Cardona. Yeah, I could kind of kind of tell because uh, he didn't sign. Because normally at that time they would always have the all all lead. He didn't have one. And after all out, they uh, hit the eight man tag, and that was it. Uh, but for what he had, it was pretty good in AEW. Uh, Matt Cardona. Uh, that, I feel like that was the first major promotion he got to show that. That was his know, first performance outside of um, WWE. I feel like he yeah, got to really show that. I follow his career. Like, he, I feel I'm, like he I'm, really, a, I'm a Cardona freak. I feel like he really <laughs> got to show that he's a lot better than what he was in WWE. And he, he wasn't taken serious in WWE. Uh, but Impact, he's, well, really everywhere. GCW, wherever he's gone, he's uh, become, a would say, a major indie wrestler name. Uh, well, he's obviously an Impact, but he's, he's become a bigger star than he was when he was in WWE. No, uh, he was he's made more money than he did in WWE. Yeah. Like, he's he's done that. He's done his podcast ventures, you know. He's held, you know, really gold in he got really everywhere except for AEW New Japan. He got married. He got a dog. He got he... married to Chelsea Green. Yeah. <laughs> he got two dogs. Oh, it, it was one of the ones because like, I was, I went, I've been going back. And another thing that was kind of fun in the pandemic. And if you guys are nerds like I am when it comes to action figures, but for when he was, he was, when he was uh, taking his time between AEW and, you know, hiding a quarantine in the room, like, you know, for those uh, matches that he recorded. Um, him and his podcast partner Brian Myers, they did a series. I'm, I'm almost quarter of the way through it, but they did a series on um, what if the Attitude Era, what if all the companies went out of business, and those two started their own companies, went head to head, and it was just so much fun to hear that. Where was this? So at? Was, was that? Where was that? This is on. Um, let's see, it's called. It's not. This is a podcast, and they basically. Uh, it's called the um, FWF, Fe- Figure Wrestling Federation. And oh, wow. that's kind of how I got our idea for our show that's coming up. Figure, but, Figure Wrestling Federation? Yeah. And basically their their rules, and it was kind of fun just going a little off tangent here, but they did little rules like where they did a draft like me and Connor did, which should be coming out to our YouTube page here very shortly. Um, but they went and did that, and then they went through and did a build up to pay per views, and then it was just it was a lot of fun, like to hear how they would book things, um, and just how different different you know like ECW, WCW, and WWE on how those stars in that time frame interact with each other. 
and and he would also what was great about that too was he would give like little insights on you know working with AEW. They were like he was hoping like he was kind of like joking about this, but you know he was waiting for the AEW contract. You know he's like, well, it never came. So into Impact Wrestling, and it was kind of fun to hear like a little snippets of what was going on behind the scenes a little bit. But they were giving him so much crap for, oh, you're just Cody's stooge. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just no. Cody's best friend. That's all I hear there. Which is funny because Mark Sterling, you know, he, like, it was funny because now he's the one that's got the contract. And he was, you know, it, it's just, it, it's funny how things work out. But, yeah, if you guys get a chance, go listen through um, the FWF because, like, that was another fun part of my quarantine, my pandemic was – going through and listening to um, all those episodes and it's been fun to go back and relive those. So yeah. Um, but yeah, how Matt Cardona came out with Warhorse, like, yeah, like I felt kind of bad for Warhorse because I think Warhorse had it blew his I entire think, it blew yeah. his entire match out of the water at that point. Yeah. I, you know that's that's kind of sad because I liked the match and it was a very that's what I liked about Cody. Like like I said he he I really have to give Cody a lot of props. Like he really made the pandemic era special. Yeah. And I'm going to let Connor talk about this first. But another big moment during the pandemic was the world's greatest tag team, FTR. <laughs> yep. They, like, yeah, uh... that, was another, that was a cool... I was working that night when they debuted, so I wasn't able to watch it. But you were uh, just them pulling up in that old... That old pickup. Um, so yeah. Connor, since they're your favorite tag team, and well, one of mine, but I'm gonna let Connor uh, take this one over real quick. I don't know if they're my Connor, favorite. How, well, were you doing backflips when they came out? No, uh, <laughs> definitely not. Uh, but I, I was very. Uh, I wish I could have had their first match, the unboxing them, not from no fans, but at, at first they had, like they was gonna be teaming with the young bucks, like they weren't. There was no altercation with them. Like they were teaming together. Uh, yeah. Which uh, I thought it was going to send off, but I thought it was Batista because uh, Dax was driving and then he was bald. And I thought, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, their debut was very shocking to me because those were one of the biggest free agents that, uh, or someone that I was waiting to come to AEW because uh, at the time WWE didn't know what the hell they were doing with them. Uh and then, like, the obvious FTR versus Young Bucks match. And at that time, AEW's tag team division was very, very stacked with uh, Jurassic Express, Lucha Bros, Montana and Ortiz, Young Bucks, Dark Order, SCU, Private Party, Stronghearts. Uh, they had all these teams. And to see FTR come in. Who was on that one? Uh, Chima, T-Hawk, and uh, – well, Chima used to be in AEW, but during the pandemic, they released a few wrestlers because they – didn't live in America. Uh, B yeah. Priestley was the one that hurt. Like she was, she would have probably been women's champion if it wasn't for the pandemic. Uh, Sadie Gibbs was another one. Uh, she was very good, but she was basically tra- training from scratch with Dustin Rhodes. But they released her. She never got another tryout, unfortunately. Um, but besides that, uh, I thought their debut was awesome. I, I, I didn't expect it to be that way. I believe it was after double or nothing that the the uh yeah they're not after double or nothing uh that was probably the uh besides sting uh besides his debut in the pandemic that 
Daredevil was one of the most shocking to me uh, in the pandemic era. Yeah, that was a that was a surprise. Um, Adam, how did you feel about FTR coming um, to well, AEW? When, I, when I saw the pickup truck, I was like, "Who the hell is that?" <laughs> because I saw someone drive it, and then when I saw um, Cash Wheeler get out, I was like, "Oh crap, that's FTR!" <laughs> like, I'm like, "Where the hell did they come from?" Uh-huh. You know. And then you know, I think another thing. I, I don't know if it was during the pandemic, but when they brought on Tully Blanchard as their yeah. manager, yes. Um, was it the he same night that he walked night. out? Did he walk out that same night they pulled up in the truck, or was it the following pay per view? It was. I think it was the following. Was it the following pay per view, Connor? I can't remember. I think so. it was around that time. I'm not for sure because FTR won the tag titles at All Out 2020, 2020, and I'm not for sure if he was with them or not. I know he was with them before the Pinnacle. He was with them. Uh, I'm not for sure when he joined them. I know it was uh I, I know it was when they are they uh the Unbox and FCR had already had a match against each other, like they had already faced I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat here. Hey Google, when did Tully Blanchard debut with FTR and AEW? All out twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he did debut with them at at, at, at all out twenty twenty. So um yeah, no, I thought you know when he came out, I was like, dude, that is phenomenal they brought Tully Blanchard as as their manner because the one thing I always liked about FTR is their (laughs) their respect their respect for the past and them and their whole respect for legends and the idea of they always want a legend around them so whether it was Tully Blanchard or um, what show was it that they brought Bret Hart with them Um, I think it was the match against the Briscoes correct their second one their best two the three out of the best two out of three falls I don't think they ever got to come out with each other on TV. Well, well, Brett, no, not on TV, but they they brought Brett Hart to a show, to another oh, independent yeah, I show. I know what you're talking. Which about one that. was it? I can't remember what it was, but they brought him. You know, it's that it's that whole thing of they're like, we love these legends, we love I having them around us, we love having them give us insights on how we can become better in the ring and in the industry. Um, it's just that whole thing. Um, I love that everything for them evolves around family. Um, and it's not just the business. You see a lot of you know, pro wrestlers today, like it's about the business. Um, it's about, you know, getting your name out there and being that top, top person in the business. Um, someone that comes to mind is Matt Cardona, which God bless him. Cardona's doing his own thing. And that's, that's what he wants to do. Um, but when it comes to, you know, wrestlers that are, you know, there's not many wrestlers that, you know, pay due to veterans and legends within the, within the industry. Um, and, um, honestly that that's why I loved FTR. Um, I mean, and like you said, uh, Lane, I don't, it was either you or I can't remember who said it, but WWE had no idea what to do with them. Um, was that you Connor? Yeah. Yeah, Well, it was a combination, but WWE had no idea what to do with them. Um, the comedy bits they had them do with, with the Usos, I, I lost it there. I was like, now you are just treating them like crap because they, they're yeah. better than that. So when they came to AEW in that pickup, I was like, okay, now we're getting the old school FTR. Now we're getting them that they're just going to be hard-hitting wrestlers. So, And I was kind of happy to see them in AEW and actually with a promotion that they can actually yeah, you know, shine. Yeah. Uh- I'm gonna. I think I can do this. Uh, 
Can you remember a full AEW pay-per-view card? Uh, my favorite AEW pay-per-view was, I think it was say Revol- uh, All Out 2021, but mine was Revolution 2020. Uh, first, uh, I believe the buy-in was uh, The Dark Order, uh, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno versus uh, Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, uh, which we thought the assault was going to be Christopher Daniels. Uh, the main show started off with Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. Second match was Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. Third match was uh, the Young Bucks versus Hangman and Kenny. Next match was Chris Statlander versus Nyla Rose. Uh, Pack versus Orange Cassidy. Uh, the main event was Chris Jericho versus John Moxley. Um, I think I'm getting that was everything. I believe that was. I think yeah, so. Yeah, that was the full card. I'm not. I'm not good with remembering full cards, David. I'm sorry. I won't be able to do it. Yeah, Dave. <laughs> I'm. I'm out of this one. I remember certain matches from certain cards, but I'm not going to remember a full card. So yeah, yeah. I got a. Um, uh, it's very hard for me. I got a I'm pretty. Uh, with AEW, I can remember a lot of things. Um, Especially Jimmy Havoc. He's one of my favorites. AEW. Yeah, that was another one that was... was um, he was he would have been All-Atlantic Champion. Yeah, he could have been, yeah. It was another weird, you know, unfortunately with the uh, the Wrestling Me Too movement. Um, fortunately, he just did not work out because of that. Um, that was another that was another dark time during, during wrestling. We had that go on with him. You know, I think thing with Sammy Guevara, you had uh, fortunately Marty Scroll lost his job, and no one's gonna book him, even though we I think we touched on this last night. But yeah, that was another weird like thing that happened during the pandemic. That yeah, it was just a weird uh, weird time for sure. Very. Yeah, he, had, uh, he had Joey Ryan to that list too. Yeah, Joey Ryan. I mean, that's why. Yeah, that's why they. I mean, that's why they broke up the world's cutest tag team with him and Candice LeRae's because of all that coming out and about his ex-wife uh, making allegations of abuse and all that stuff and uh, several other female wrestlers with that. So, but yeah, no, that was just another dark time with um, wrestlers getting that um, in that situation, which um, that. That I will say right now, no, no female wrestler should feel that way in any locker room yeah. at all. Um, and so, um, it just goes to show that in the industry, it's, it sucks that that kind of stuff goes on. And um, I feel right now, the only company right now that actually has a very well respected locker room where both male and female are being respected and getting along is AEW. Um, I haven't heard one negative thing about any allegations with that company. So I'm, I'm knocking on wood, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but, but you no, know, I, I, I just feel like, um, you know, but you look at wrestlers and impact, you got certain wrestlers in there that have a history of it. And you got some in AEW that you rarely see any of them, <laughs> any previous allegations against them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no. So, and it, it is, it, it, it's something that I hope never occurs again in pro wrestling, uh, just because uh, it's just not a good thing. So, yeah, yeah. it was. 
I'm just gonna use that like kind of segue. Um, but with the one thing that I liked that I think like we touched on this a little bit earlier, but one thing I liked about the like how the AEW did their pandemic sense WWE is that they had wrestlers in the audience before they could bring fans back. Because I know Florida was a little lighter on the on the laws, but when you had the wrestlers in the audience, especially the guns, I think the guns, I think if it wasn't for you know them being just super fun fans, I don't think we would see him in AEW right now. I think no. uh, Austin Gunn would have been in because he uh, has trial match in Jacksonville, twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. I went to uh, AEW came to South in Mississippi, and it was Cody Rhodes and I believe it was Cody Rhodes. Well, no, 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 it was Billy Gunn and Austin Gunn versus Peter Avalon and Sean Spears. Uh, and Austin Gunn, like that was his first actual match in AEW. Um, I don't know if we would have got Colton Gunn, but Austin Gunn was, uh, like, uh, I believe, like he got signed that night. Uh, I was there. He got Cody Rhodes announced that he got signed. Um, but I don't think we would have got Colton Gunn. Uh, there's a lot of people that wouldn't have gotten signed. Uh, Sean Dean, Fuego. Uh, Fuego. I don't know why they saw him in the beginning, bro. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's like he's a fun guy to squash. You know, it's like him and uh, Sir and Serpentico. They're just you, they're just fun to have them be thrown around. Yeah, they got uh, a lot of talent if they want to make cuts. I mean, all means Luther, Serpentico, Fuego. Uh, but there's a lot of people I wouldn't have never saw when they even started AEW. Uh, I'm not going to say the one name because I already know someone's going to move up. We all um, know who you're talking about. Who? <laughs> who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maria Shavir. No, she wasn't in AEW. Nope. Someone day one in AEW, I would not have signed. Uh, it's not who you probably think it is. Uh, I'm but, I'm still trying to think. I mean, it's very hard to think of who you're thinking of right it, now. I mean... Uh, it just wasn't a... Is it a male wrestler? <laughs> I don't know. Brandon Keller. Is, is, is it a male wrestler? I don't know. I really don't know what they're. Uh... Oh, Sonny Kiss. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Oh, well, shoot. I just sat on there. Oops. Well, that, yeah. that's not who I was meaning, but. Oh. No, I know exactly who you're meaning, though, but I gotcha. It's not, Nyla well, Rose? As soon as you said that, I, no, I, no I understood. I understood. Yeah. I, I, I follow you, Connor. I follow <laughs> you. Please, whoever is watching this we don't do cancel culture here i do not hate people to someone i would not have signed uh i would have never signed i don't know why the hell they got marina in there uh boy, there's a lot of people i don't know what they're doing in a wrestling ring uh i i agree with bringing that up now uh <laughs> <laughs> no but speak but but it's but as a fan not, not only as as a, a fan, it's someone that it, you're someone. I, I say this for us and the the viewers and everything. If you're a wrestling fan, you need to speak up and say, "Listen, this person. I don't dislike the person. I just don't like their their wrestling style. Yeah. I don't like their personality on the TV of their character. I just don't like it. That I'm 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 sure that that the person you're talking about, Connor, is awesome in in person. I've 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 seen behind the scenes video of that person and they seem really awesome. Um, but at the same time, when it comes to in ring stuff and all that, I'm just not sold on it. 
you know, and I feel like as fans, we need to, we need to speak up about that. It's not a, a sense of cancel culture. It's more so of, you know, this, this talent just doesn't belong on the roster right now, especially if there's a certain direction you want to take a company, you know, there's, there's certain directions you yeah. want to go creatively and matches you want to set up. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta make those cuts. Um, one thing I will say is Connor, I'm, I'm starting to follow up with you and say some of these ex WWE sign signees are, are, are a waste right now. Um, yeah. Case in point, I love them to death. Uh, they got an interesting story. He's just not getting the following. I, I don't know how I feel about Brian Danielson right now. Um, I always respect him in ring. I really do. I respect his in ring ability. Mm-hmm. I love the matches he puts on, but storytelling wise, um, I think what they're doing is I don't know if he's the the one that fans right now want to chase MJF. Um, I understand the storytelling behind it. I just don't think he's got the fans behind him. Um, you heard it last week when he wrestled. Uh, 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 I can't even pronounce that guy's name. Kesta. Kesta. Thank you. I can always. I always. I always want to say Kessa. Like I always want to say Kessa. Like Kessa roll. <laughs> um, and then lat- yesterday with Bandito. Like the crowds were behind his opponents. Like, I, thought, anytime, I thought. Like I don't know if he's seen that match, but I thought Danielson had dislocated his shoulder when he did that move. He just dropped him yeah. on his head. <laughs> I did too. I did too. And that's another thing that worries me with Danielson. He's it, it sucks because he's he's he he is technically injury prone, you know. And he yeah. and I guarantee you his neck's not a hundred percent. Guarantee it. You know, so it's like, is that someone you really want to put in a title scene? Um, same thing with CM Punk. You know, the guy the guy gets hurt a lot. You know? but, but I'm telling you right now, that man is what's best for business. He's going to make you money. I'm sorry, but Dan- Brian Danielson in the title picture is not going to get people to buy in on stuff. You're looking for those numbers to go up. I don't think putting Brian Danielson is the right move. I, uh... I got Brian Danielson beating MJF, but uh, I would have had a uh, Wardlow and MJF at Revolution. I mean, you continue that story. That, that. That's what you got to do. Yeah, that's a build. Because now, because now, now Wardlow is he has anything to do now. Because uh, I, I barely see him on TV right now. <laughs> after the uh, joke, then it kind of disappeared. Uh, but I had uh, MJ uh, Danielson beating MJF. Uh, Revolution 2024, uh, because before MJF, uh, Danielson was, was losing a lot of matches. He lost against Jericho. He lost. He lost a lot of matches, and which yeah. I guess with this uh, series of matches, he's gaining his. Uh, and like I'll say, like they're they're good matches, but uh, they're not really uh, building a story. Uh, I I get the concept, like MJF putting all these people in front of him. So he don't make it to Revolution, kind of like with Cody, Wardlow, CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I uh, not all the former WWE stars. I like some of the former WWE stars should be getting used a lot. A lot of people like to say it's uh, they need to sign. They need to, don't need a like they need to like all the WWE guys. Former WWE guys go and just do strictly indie talent. Uh, it needs to be a cutoff line on talent altogether because um, you're just gonna. Arwitch can only help so much. Even if it could be two hours, uh, I don't know how much that could help. Uh, I don't know what the logical solution is for that. Uh, but there, as I said, uh, you can't have everyone you want. So this, you can't have everyone you want on your roster. 
You just mm-hmm. can't. It, it, like, I don't have everything I want in life. You know, I would like a lot of things in life, but it doesn't mean I get to keep. I know it's a different concept, but uh, you can't have everything. You can't keep everyone and please everyone. Have, please, of course, you're not going to please everyone, but you're, you're never going to use anyone. It's just not going to work out easy. Uh, and Frankie Kazarian is not a big loss, but that's just the first sign of people. Non pressures more like Miro Andrade. Uh, I just think if they're going to send anyone, it should be the Ring of Honor. Uh, I love Willie Mack. Uh, people's wanting him to sign with AEW, but they got this brand Ring of Honor about to start up. And I feel like these guys, if you want to sign them, put them on Ring of Honor. But uh, I just want to see people focused on in AEW, like not mumble, jumble everyone across everywhere. Um, I know we're getting. I don't know how we got started in this conversation. No, like no, you're good. Like it's it, like I said, we're, we'll, we'll like I said, we'll uh, make your finish. It's part of our show, I guess. You just yeah. you just, well, you just thing get is, off like, a tangent yeah. on this show. Well, that's the thing. It's like we have like like I said, we have a lot of good points in our show, but like I said, also at the same time, like we have conversations, and that's the thing is there's times like where conversations like this will come up, and you know that's kind of where we can take different points right, and then we like I said, we can just tie it back into our topic you know yeah but you can uh we wander off in the who knows what you know <laughs> yeah it was um like i said the pandemic era was a really weird one and then i'm glad that they were in florida like this is gonna sound really bad depending on you know what your stance on the whole COVID 19 thing is but i was so glad when they let fans come back you know even though they were high up above you know and spaced out but to have something you know more organic than just your wrestlers out there at ringside you know i'm glad that they were the first wrestling company to incorporate fans back into the fold um and i know that led up to you know one of my favorite debuts you know you had sting yeah you know i'm glad that sting that was another you know for that first winners coming you know to have that that was very it made you feel like there was the whole place was sold out you know how loud people were again. You know, I, I know that sound wasn't pumped in on that one, but it really felt special. It really, it really did, and that was probably the start of. I would say probably the AEW Renaissance when fans are starting yeah. to come back, and then it led up into that first blood and guts. Yep, Sting. Uh, there was rumors about us, and uh, he's not coming to AEW. He's not. They're not. They're not going to have a debut in front of no one. Uh, even from my little because we're not going to bring him in. Of course, Brian Cage, uh, lights go out. There's this, it's very dark. There's snow coming down. Then all I see is sting and I go crazy. Yeah. Uh, that uh, was one of the best AEW debuts uh, besides maybe Punk and a few others. Uh, sting, even though it was probably no one was there, that I got chills with that uh, debut, even if it wasn't sold out crowd but imagine if it was <clears throat> what the reaction would have been oh dude it'd be uh, louder than cm punks i don't know about that far no i i <laughs> think it, well i love punk but i think that i think that would be a huge i think it'd be a bigger reaction just because and then again like i said sting it's it's sting what do you expect you know yeah. i mean that's that's what got me going i was so happy to hear tony, yeah. tony siobhan say it's sting again it really did it brought me back to the old wcw days Yes. I uh, kind of, so. I kind of prefer Mike Tanay uh, commentary for Sting and Tony Schiavone a little bit. Uh, really? 
from his TNA stuff. Oh my <laughs> god! I had to go listen to more more of them. <clears throat> I like uh, Mike TNA was the Jim Ross stuff. TNA basically, a <laughs> uh, little bit different, but he sure meant what he s- says. Yeah, but uh, Steam is one of the best AEW debuts in history. Uh, it's got five point one million views on YouTube. Uh, but I never thought that would that would have happened. Uh, especially with his career before AEW, how you know as much as the Rollins, uh, he basically retired at the Hall of Fame when he when he got his Hall of Fame induction. Uh, but he yeah. also said, "This isn't goodbye. It's a see you later." I didn't think it was going to go nowhere. I thought he was just going to retire. But I'm so glad his career didn't end like that. Like a legend like Sting, for his career to end like that, and like just to retire like that. I'm glad we got a better ending to his uh, his, his career. Story. Yeah. I mean, I will I will tell you what, um, you know, when you saw, especially in the earlier on when there was a crowd, you know, when they brought Bret Hart in, you know, Bret Hart yeah. showed up in AEW, and then For you sure. had Tully Blanchard show up in AEW. You had all these legends starting to show up in AEW. But you animal. know, yeah, and, and I'm just like, you know, there's there's got to be someone out there that is still out there today that needs to be in AEW, and the first name I thought of was Sting. Um, as soon as the speech ended was, this is not goodbye. I'll see you later. As soon as AEW started, I was like, they have got to get Sting. Um, just because I don't think his career should have ended that way. I, and honestly, I'm very still upset that I never got to see a Sting versus Undertaker match. <laughs> I think that was the yeah, dream no. match for a lot of pro wrestling fans was Sting versus the Undertaker. But um, I think Vince just wanted to bury Sting. I, and that was the thing. And that's what sucked. Um, basically him losing to Triple H was basically the nail in the coffin of WCW, as I like to call it. Um, and I think many fans saw that too. But, you know, when Sting showed up in AEW, I was like, oh my God, we're going to see Sting matches in AEW. And then he teamed up with Darby Allen. And I'm like, this is like father-son. Like, I'm like, this is like a father-son relationship in AEW that I freaking love. I said, this was the best pair up that I've seen in a while of a legend with a, like a younger, hungrier wrestler. And that's what that was. And so like, and just seeing what Sting's been doing since his debut, the matches he's had it, the, the spots he's taken it almost like, what is he? 63. Yeah. yeah I was jump like, he's 63 that jumping off of rails through t- tables, you know, jumping off of the set onto people. Like, I'm just like, dude, this guy is 63 and he's still jumping off of things like from height. It's amazing that the longevity of his career. Um, And, but I do understand that there is word going around that 2023 is basically his last hurrah, um, which sucks because that's two, that's two people. Yeah. I was going to say that's two people. I'm going to be upset seeing leaving the industry and that's Dustin Rhodes and sting. Um, two guys that I grew up as a fan watching in pro wrestling. You know, obviously Dustin when he was Gold Dust and he was coming through, and then staying in WCW. Like watching those two guys through my whole life, you know, in their careers being done this year. You know, I'm just like, God, I was like, this now all these hungry up and coming guys, you know, and I think a lot of them are are in AEW. The guys that are gonna pave their paths like Sting, like I honestly think Darby Allen's gonna be the next Sting. <laughs> I would say him, yeah, yeah, like on that same level, like you know, Sting really did help a lot. Darby not getting sh- lost in that shuffle, you know, yeah. especially with that um, 
what was that warehouse probably did? Like, oh, Sting, was, Darby, uh, versus Sting and Darby versus Starks. Yeah, yeah, Starks and Cage. Yeah, that was the best. The best in the match. That's when they were feuding with yeah Team Taz. That's when they were feuding with Ta- Team Taz. But that was one of the best cinematic matches I've ever seen. Like the production, the everything about it, and uh, there was this one match. Uh, if Ada was able to sign with their Rotunda, it's a way it would be a dark cinematic match probably. But the Dark Order with Wyndham Rotunda versus House of Black. Uh, involved uh, and staying involved uh, in some capacity uh, in a cinematic match, kind of like at Revolution that one year. Uh, I feel like that the production was AEW's got a way better production than WWE, I feel like, uh, with their cinematic stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that would have been, uh, I believe someone told me that, uh, I don't know who it was, but said that it wouldn't be believable in AEW. But I don't think. Uh, a lot of stuff they do in AEW is even somewhat even predictable as well. Uh, I don't believe Michael Nagazawa put a <laughs> baby oil on the term on the turnbuckle for it. Yeah, fall down. But it was it, it was a good comeback. That was a great. They great had way to come up and watch. They had Michael <laughs> Nagazawa that would have been bad. Uh, but yeah, uh, I thought like that would have been a great uh, cinematic match. But still, like Adam's Undertaker and uh, Sting, uh, Sting avoided going to WWE forever. He did not. He refused to go there for so long. Uh, when he got there, they didn't want to. It seemed like they didn't really care about doing that match. Or uh, you know, we got Sting and Triple H. Uh, it was all right, but uh, I felt like that's when they should have done it. Uh, this is wishful thinking, but they were, had a forbidden door. And hopefully Vince McMahon doesn't have any say so and Triple H is generous but endorse Sting versus Undertaker. Um but I think Undertaker's done though. Yeah, that's just wishful thinking. And I don't want to see I mean I don't want to see the match now because Undertaker does not need to be in the ring anymore. I mean, never say never. That's true. I mean you listen you listen to someone you listen to someone like Dave LaGreca on Busted Open. I mean, Lane, you can (laughs) You can contest yeah. to this. David Grecker has the biggest heart, heart on, not a heart on, <laughs> heart on for The Undertaker. He loves The yeah. Undertaker. He, he like worships the ground The Undertaker walks on. And he has been talking. He's like, I will mark out if he <laughs> comes back at the Royal Rumble. And it's so much so that he's got so much confidence in that. I don't know if you if you heard the show the other day, him and Thunder Rosa had a bet going on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if no. Undertaker shows up at the Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> so um, but yeah, no, with the Undertaker, yeah, with him and Sting, I mean, that would have been a great match in early invasion time of WWE WCW. Yeah. Had Sting stuck around for that invasion angle. I, I honestly think we would have had the Undertaker Sting match. Unfortunately, we would have had the um, uh, uh, American Badass Undertaker versus Sting, not the Dead Man Undertaker versus Sting. Which I think under Dead Man Undertaker versus Sting probably would have been a much better match than yeah. American Badass Undertaker versus Sting. I believe uh, this is what yeah the invasion was WWE recently purchased WCW and Sting was he stopped wrestling altogether for a few years. Uh, if it wasn't for TNA, he would have never came back, probably. Uh, yeah. Goldberg got out of wrestling for a little while. Everyone got – all the main ones got out of wrestling. Uh, the only main ones that really got was Booker T and 
he was the main one I feel like that they really got. Uh, the DDP other one was about, for a little bit. Yeah, DDP. They, um, they kind of made him a stalker and took away his charm. Yeah. Like I feel like the Undertaker. Like, yeah, he, he was just, stalking his girlfriend or wife at the time. Yeah, I'll make I'll make you famous. Uh, I, I kind of like that uh, whole feud. It was very weird, but the, I'll make you famous. <laughs> I'll, like I'll make you famous by the Undertaker and made him famous. Well, I mean, he kind of he kind of stole that from Young Guns, <laughs> <laughs> the movie yes. Young Guns. If you remember Emilio Estevez's character, he's always like, "I'll make you famous." <laughs> All right. Well, yes, yeah, so that's going to uh, wrap up our uh, pandemic uh, portion of the episode. Um, Ethan wants to know uh, why we're. We, uh, Ethan wants to know what our favorite pandemic matches. I feel like this will be a, a good last question before we dip into our next um, our next portion of the show. So, who wants to go first? Uh, mine was Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix, the Jan- first episode of 2021 of Dynamite New Year's Smash. Uh, Kenny Omega, Ray Phoenix. That was a very great match. Is when we was in Gals and Anderson debuted. Uh, that match, total nonstop, was a great match uh, back and forth mm-hmm. with Kenny Omega and. Uh, Phoenix, I really thought Phoenix was going to win that match there, but of course he got injured in the match. Uh, but that was a five star match for me. Uh, Omega and Phoenix in the uh pandemic, yeah, it's a good match. I forgot um, about them. I, re- I, I already mentioned, I already mentioned mine, and that was the broken rules match with uh, Guevara and Hardy. Um, I just I thoroughly enjoyed that match, um, because Hardy hurt himself. And he continued with that match, and you didn't know is this real or is this part of the storyline? Like it kind of blurred that line between reality and 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 storytelling, um, and everything like that. So, and when the rest like, what do you want? It Matt's like, I want to continue. I want to continue. Like I'm just like, okay, so this is either part of the story. And then it came out. I think it did come out that he did get a concussion in that match. Yeah. And I'm like, holy sh. Snakes, he did get concussed and he continued. That kind of showed me that it doesn't matter what you put him through, Hardy's gonna wrestle through anything. And oh, yeah. and Guevara, Guevara, credit to him for the rest of that match. I feel like Guevara wrestled to Matt Hardy's level. He's <laughs> he's like, Okay, you work me, dude. You're you're in this industry more longer than I than I've been. Work me through the end of this match. And I feel like that's where that chemistry worked. And there was no crowd to see it, which would have been so good to see a crowd like just react to that live match and and everything. So, but yeah, no, that that was definitely one of my favorite matches during the the pandemic. Yeah, that one another a great one. Um, I think for me, I know I said it earlier too, but for me, it was Eddie Kingston and Cody. It was just like I said, it was just something different from what we were seeing what Cody was doing with that, you know with you know the TNT championship was a different type of match he had to work. You know, it was you know the thumbtacks and just and this how Eddie's like to go back and when I predicted that he was gonna be a star and to see how far his came like that to me I've gone back and watched that one. I probably go back and watch that one at least a couple times a year since you know since that one. And it just it still holds up well. So that would be my pick just because it's simple little storytelling in that match. And to have everything with Eddie to see well, with Mox and you know his future with that, I really think that um, yeah, I really think that that was a great, great match and great timing um, 
uh, for the pandemic. And thankfully that they signed Eddie Kingston. That was probably one of the better things to come out of that. That's, that's, that's terrible, terrible time. Uh, one last question uh, for this, uh, for moving on to something else. Who is the best tag team of all time? Uh, to me, uh, I've watched wrestling. Uh, I know Lane last night. Uh, me and Lane can uh, have different <laughs> opinions. Uh, so I didn't bring it. I didn't want to talk about it. No, no, uh, no, that's fine. His, uh, his top three, I think, was FTR, Young Bucks, and Briscoes. Uh, I don't know how long he's been watching wrestling, uh, but for me, it's the Hardys. Uh, from, oh, my God, watching their that's a really good thing, PLC yeah. matches. They're, oh, my God, like even individual wrestlers, these two guys, even what Adam just said, like the Hardys will wrestle through anything. Like, <laughs> I don't know how Jeff Hardy continued after that Darby match. Uh, and he, he probably was going to wrestle – uh, if they would have let him out of jail, probably, if they would have let him out of jail, he probably would have wrestled that uh, ladder match. Maybe. The Hardys versus the Bucks in a jail match. <laughs> I, like, I, think Jeff I feel like if they let him out of jail, he would literally have wrestled that match, even though he was beat up. Like the Hardys are guys that will wrestle through anything. Uh, Matt Hardy wrestled through a broken arm one time, several matches in WWE. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, what about you guys? Um, go ahead, Lane. No, 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 you can go ahead. It's fine. I'm going. I'm going old school. Um, they kind of really? blew up when I was younger. Um, just because I remember their debut, um, on motorcycles. <laughs> um, it was the Road Road Warriors. Um, yeah. Animal and Hawk. Yes. Um, they were one of my all time rush. rush. I mean that their team. <laughs> I mean, there's something about that. They had the spikes on their shoulder pads and they had motorcycles. And, you know, earlier on, if you saw their makeup, it wasn't what they had or what they blew up to be with like the the the, the red and the black. They just had like yeah. black stripes. It almost looked like post-apocalyptic makeup where it's like black streaks. And then they added the red to it. Um, but the Road Warriors definitely um, were, was a team that I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and then when, you know, they took a few years off um, and then they came back in 1998 at the Royal Rumble uh, for a tag team battle royal against all the other teams. And they were actually accompanied by Sonny. <laughs> and I I marked out. I was like, oh, my God, it's the Road Warriors. And you see all the other teams clear out of the ring as the Warriors get in the ring with Sonny. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. So and that, that I mean, that was probably my all-time favorite team is the road warriors so and rest in peace to both of them too because yeah. um they were they were just legends that yeah you know, they were one team i wish i could have watched in their heyday i've gone back and watched a lot of their matches especially when, <laughs> when i was in a quarantine i fell in love with the road warriors during quarantine and i have a signed i have a signed figure of animal up on my wall and eight by ten so Nice. I have them immortalized in my uh, my, my room here. Um, that's hard, like, because there's a lot of great tag teams, and there's a lot of ones that stood out to me. Um, I think for me personally, I know it's not an AEW team, but I am going to have to go with the Dudley Boys. It was a great a good choice. call. Good uh, call between uh. Like, didn't Edge, Christian, Hardys, and Dudley Boys, like, they invented the TLC match. Yeah, they um, were yeah. the first. Yep. They mm -hmm. invented that match. 
I just and, uh, like I said it. Speaking of the Dudley like, Boys, uh, Devon no longer works with WWE now. Yeah, I saw his resignation. Did you see that? I mean, I'm I'm glad he did. I mean, the way that they said he couldn't do what he but that he wanted to be with Bubba at that one event, and they said no. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "All right, well, you're not going to give me my freedom," and that's what I like is that him and Bubba kind of made amends. So yeah. I'm glad. They, yeah, well, they, 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 they hated each other for some reason, but but I love but I love that all three of the teams we've picked um, are are yeah. generational tag teams. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know because the Dudleys were Dudleys back in ECW in in the nineties. Hardys were kind of late nineties, you know, early two thousands, and then obviously the Warriors were kind of like late eighties, early mid nineties. So it's like all of us picked like a team. You know that's not on the current AEW roster, but some that that legendary tag team. Because mm-hmm. if you look at, it, I think in the next 10, 15 years, you know, I think we'll be talking about how legendary. You know, I think we'll. I think we're going to be talking about how legend. Of course, we're talking about how legendary the Briscoes are doing. You know, mm-hmm. they've they've been around for a while. That you know, I think we'll be talking. We'll we'll still be talking about them. Um, of course, the Young Bucks. We'll be talking how great you know innovative they were with their different style of wrestling. Though it's not for everybody, but it's still they're still very innovative in their sport. You know, Motor City Machine Guns. You know, really, like I said, they really besides they like said really they haven't gone to like WWE. But the thing is, they've had a great run in Impact Wrestling. They've had you know AEW. Like they've done. You know, that's another team we'll be talking about. I think we'll be talking about Gallows and Anderson. You know, I think we'll be talking. I think we'll be holding them up. What about Festus? And then, of course, what's up? Festus? Festus. Oh, no way. No way. Luke Gallows. Oh, no, no, no. Doc uh, Gallows. Not, I don't know. What? The other like, Ace Festus. of Doc Gallows? Uh, Poor Festus. Poor Festus. We're talking about who has name changes. Kevin Nash had the most name changes out of everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What do you we go by? Do it by. God, I can't remember. Diesel, Kevin, Kevin Nash. Nash. Am I missing? I think I think it was big sexy. We're missing a lot. I know he went through like what was it? Did okay. he go through well, like six or seven name let's changes? See. I'm going to look. It's it like six now. or seven. Oh yeah, it was a bot. I watched the uh, Monday Night War documentary, and he went through. Oh my god, I could. They didn't know what they were going to do with him. I feel like. Let's see. Ring names. You guys ready for this one? Yeah. So you had Chet Lemon or Lemon. You had, of course, Diesel. Dr. X. (laughs) Oh, this one's. I haven't heard of this one, but I'm going to have to go look this up. Great Oz. I've heard of that. I remember that. I remember that. Um, of course, you know, Kevin Nash. Uh, Master Blaster Steel. <laughs> Oz, or OZ. And then uh, Vinny Vegas. Nope, he had his full share of name changes. Wasn't it Vinny Vegas he- like the stripper name? And yeah, um, you guys Mike. know he was an M. Did you guys know he was an MP in the army? Really? Yeah, uh-uh. yeah. He served in the army. He was an MP. <laughs> wow, the yeah. stuff he learned here in the all elite zone. Like we, <laughs> we're giving you free learning. You know, we're giving you free. You know, D 
details that you can pull out to your, you know, your, your husbands, your wives, your fiancés, your girlfriends, colleagues that work, <laughs> bore them to death with your crazy Kevin Nash details now. <laughs> All right. Well, so as you guys know, um, this, like I said, kind of close off the podcast tonight. Um, we're going to remember uh, Jay Briscoe. He was one of the greatest, I guess, I'd say probably one of the greatest minds in tag team wrestling and wrestling in general. So one thing that I I went back and I watched some of his matches today. Um, I went back and watched the ladder match uh, with the Briscoes and Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens, and El Generico. And Mm -hmm. I watched that one for the first time today. I was just like, oh my gosh, they're... They're just as crazy as ever. And to watch that match and be like, wow, like this is, this is when I think Ring of Honor, I think this would be a match that I'm going to think about when someone brings up Ring of Honor. It's something that I can, if somebody asked me, hey, what like Ring of Honor match do you recommend? I would probably recommend that one for sure. Um, and I love that, one thing I love about the Briscoes, and, and especially Jay specifically, he is very smart about how he does his moves because he always made his moves look like they were out of control and that you stereotyped him to be a hick that, you know, no good hick. And to see like how he manipulated the crowd with how crazy their style was, you know, especially, you know, Jay, you know, it's just incredible to watch his, his selling is incredible. His, his move set, you know, to see, you know, to see all that, especially with a lot of the matches I watched today. Um, for you guys, what, what's, um, what's your favorite moment or match um, with Jay or the Briscoes? Um, I would probably say his, um, when he won the ring of honor title. Um, I think that was against Kevin Steen. Yeah. I think yeah. Kevin Steen was the champion at the time. And um because uh, I had to go back and watch that match again too, and uh, just just his style, like you said, Lane, just this whole um, um, the the whole style of the out of control moves that he does, but he has control of them a hundred percent. I think that just was a great um, thing in the ring with opponents, um, especially um, um, someone just brought it up actually in the comments. Another one was uh, um his match against Mark. Um, I believe that match happened after they lost the tag titles and in ring of honor um, and Mark and Jay, I guess, wanted to see who, who was the toughest. Um, It had nothing to do with them hating each other or with them fighting over a title or it was just them. Hey, who's let's see who, who is the toughest. Let's, let's (laughs) get each other more like let's beat each other up and just make each other better. That was the match between those two. But yeah, when, when he won the title from Kevin Steen, um, I think that was a, an, an awesome moment. Um, just, just, just his, his presence in the world of wrestling um, just, just touched a lot of people um, yeah. because he got so much, he, he got so much respect from everybody. Um, the, the fact that him and his brother stuck with one promotion for so long, um, just because of what they are as people, not only that, but as, as human beings and they weren't going to change themselves for anybody. Um, 
they loved what they did. Um, he and Jay definitely loved what he did. He loved who he was as a person, and he wasn't going to change his personality for anybody. Um, people complain about, oh, well, do you see what they post on Twitter? Who cares? That's how they are. That's how he is in a person. You're not going to change him. You know, that that's just how Jay is. And Jay was one of those people that touched a lot of people's hearts in the industry. Um, I mean, he was a family man, you know, it's, and, it, and it's, yeah. you know, where I, I think everybody, I, I speak for myself and everybody in the wrestling community, we, we are pulling, putting our prayers and thoughts to Jay's wife and two daughters, um, especially, you know, the one, uh, his daughter is going through surgery right now. Um, I, I think all of us speak high levels and say, you know, we hope quick recovery. Um, and it's not going to be an easy recovery, uh, for, for the, for, uh, her and the girls, um, to, to go on in life without their dad. Um, so, um, yeah, um, I know I thought a lot about what I wanted to say, uh, cause, cause it is hard to lose someone you love and someone who's touched, um, a lot of hearts within one industry or one group of people. Um, but yeah, no, I thought, I mean, the way Jay is, that was what he was. So, and I think he's just going to be remembered for that way, the, the way he was and how he touched a lot of people's hearts. And I think one thing that a lot of people, you know, it was a little controversial with the whole, you know, they can't be on AEW Dynamite because the executives of TBS. But the thing is, is he grew as a person. When you have people um, of the LGBTQ, you know, Q community like Effie, and Anthony Bowens and, you know, just a lot of others that came out of that community and to set, you know, say, Hey, he was always respectful to us. You know, when, when, you know, he apologized, he made amends. He, he grew as a person and he's, and basically people taught him, Hey, this is why this is wrong. And I, like I said, he's a very, I think looking back, I wish I could have knew him on a personal level and to see, especially with all the like talents, like, you know, like the kingdom, uh, the bucks, you know, uh, war machine, you know, everybody that they've wrestled and had a tag team match with, or just a singles match, all they like, they have said nothing but nice things about it and how great it was to work with him in the ring and how great he was to bounce ideas off of, you know, so that, like I said, just going back and just, I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad and a lot of people were still talking about his match, but, for him and his brother to go out as tag team champions and to be there for his last match, you know, that, that me and my fiance were talking about this the other day and it was just such a, such an emotional, like to realize, Oh my gosh, we were there for when he won his last title and, you know, him and Brody, those two right there, they, they, they hurt the most. I know we've lost a lot of wrestlers the last few years, but those two, and I, and I wish I would have done, I wish I was a bigger fan of the Briscoes, you know, back when I first started watching Ring of Honor. I wish I would have stuck with them, you know, in the last couple of years. That's when I started really digging into their matches with everybody. But to see, just to see the the outcome of how, you know, how the fans are, how, you know, everybody came together. We, you know, it sucks that it took this terrible, terrible event to happen. But it took everybody to come together to show, like, to come out, talk about his matches, talk about who he was as a person, and forget about the scandals and the issues. Like, all I see now 
And it's a beautiful thing because Twitter and Facebook is a toxic place, but it's a beautiful thing to see all the love and the matches and everybody's favorite promos. Everybody's just showing so much love for him and his family. Like it's a beautiful thing. And it's really, uh, it's just hard to see. It's really sad to see that people dissed him when he's alive. You know, they praise him when he's dead. For a toxic place, Twitter can be, uh, and now like, I don't feel like, you know, WB, uh, they refused to do anything for him, basically. They got to show that little picture last night. They mentioned him a few times. They wore the armbands, and that was it. Uh, and they it didn't do his uh, J-Driver, though. The, um, and it, it would have done them justice to do that. Like, you're going to support him now, but you didn't support him while he was still living. No, mm-hmm. like, uh, I wish... Uh, it it's it sucks because I kind of feel what you're saying, Connor. It's kind of almost like WWE trying to get that that grab, you know that 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 mm-hmm. whole oh yeah no we honor this wrestler even though he wasn't part of our promotion at all. Yeah. Um, so I understand what you're saying there. Uh, I just wish they could have done it like the actual like, benefit show. Yeah, you know uh, I think that's what's terrible about and. This ain't nothing against Tony Khan or the people that actually like that run AEW. It's the network. Shame on you guys. Shame on you. Yep. They uh, and the fact that they'll let. I guess they had beef with Dana White because uh, I don't know what. Which how the first. hell is because yeah, he's bringing long. lots of money? Because how the hell do you let Dana White, who actually was an abuser to his wife, and put hands on a woman? But yet, somebody who said one bad comment a few years ago made one bad tweet and apologized. Yeah, for years he did. Like, what else do you want him to do at this he, point? Like, <laughs> I don't know what else you want him to do. He went to sensitivity training. Like, he he went up and learned. But yet, like your your double standards, you know, there uh, TBS. Like, you guys are in Warner. Like. You guys should have let the man have his moment. And it's not like he, you know, S assaulted people. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like he had a bad record. Mm-hmm. You know. And yeah. just you know, it's like you're literally promoting a somebody that has assaulted their wife and a slapping contest, or somebody that paid the way for a lot of the talented, you know, tag team and other wrestlers on that roster. It's uh, basically and multiple rosters. It's uh, not remember, it's basically uh, cancel culture, basically. Uh, people buy into it. Uh, you know, uh, it's like they want everyone to be the same. You know, uh, if you if you if you make this one mistake, you can't be thought of again. Like they don't, we don't, we don't want anything to do with you. But if you're the same in this group, you can be noticed. But if you if you're not like everyone else, you can't be. I, I don't mean to get. No, no, yeah. no, you're fine. It's it just, just really sucks. That conformity. WB, it's, yeah. it's conformity. That's that's basically what it is. It just really you sucks that WB buys into that bullcrap, basically. And, uh, you know, they'll let someone else, like double standards right there. It's all written on the walls. Uh, probably money, you know, besides AEW, the NBA, what do they have on the network? Uh, so probably the money. I, I wouldn't doubt what Lane said. Probably Dana White's gonna bring money, but I I would I would see the viewers. There's only two hundred fifty thousand. AEW blew them out of the water. 
Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it really sucks that they uh, didn't even let them honor him, uh, which really well, sucks. They just, the match it just, graphic, but they it just shows the colors. I don't know who made the who's the upper person that makes those calls, but they should uh, shame on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what about yeah? What about you, Connor? What was what was your favorite match that or moment you had with uh, with Jay? Uh, Max Morris says mine was Briscoe, which is lethal. That was a good match. Uh, but mine was yeah, Jay Briscoe was, was a Jay Briscoe versus Adam Cole. Uh, it was a very good match. Uh, I, I have not seen that one. Yeah, I think it was just that was a uh, that was 2014. Yeah, uh, really, it was a very good match. Uh, I watched it today on Honor Club. Uh, it was a very very good match. Uh, Jay Briscoe got a lot of good matches uh, with EC3, uh, which is shocking. Uh, but it, like that wasn't too long ago. Uh, you no know, FTR, his brother Mark Briscoe, Kevin Steen, Adam Cole. Uh, There's so many. And uh, like he was with them since day one, 2003, when they were wrestling in front of high school gym for maybe 20 people. And then years later, they're at Madison Square Garden and they run a show. Like, even though the show wasn't uh, kind of lackluster, uh, well, I didn't watch the show, but all I do know was Enzo Cast had zero reaction to their uh, <laughs> debut thingy. But uh, it's just going to show that they stuck with that company through it all. Like, if they wouldn't have went out of business, they'd probably still be there. Like, they would have probably retired in Ring of Honor. Um, um, I'm glad they were it part is a, it of the is, three reviews, though, this year. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing how many great singles matches Jay Briscoe had. Um, and, yeah. and it's amazing that people can talk about those single matches on top of tag team matches. You know, because you can't talk Ring of Honor the last decade without bringing up the Briscoes. Yeah. Uh, you know, they... Yeah revitalized and kind of revolutionized that tag team division in ring of honor, you know, with matches with FTR and matches with the young bucks and, you know, and Steen and El Generico in the early days, like they, they revolutionized. Uh, well, let me go back to the first one. Uh, nice to have you watching. Uh, good to see you. Coog. Coog, good to see uh, you. Coog. Yep. Good evening, gentlemen. Yeah, it was definitely a, uh, little bit uh, Terrible 48 hours. Uh, at first, yep. on Twitter, I've seen people saying, oh, God, I hope this isn't true. I thought it was something like Kevin Nash because I've seen what Kevin Nash posted. Yeah. And I, and I figured something that didn't happen. Uh, but no, that wasn't what happened. Uh, next comment. Uh, are they showing the tribute show on the ROH YouTube channel and on our club? Yes. They're doing uh, both. Yeah, yeah they're doing be, both. Yeah, it'll be on uh, both the uh, – Honor Club and YouTube channel. Uh, and yes, Tony did say there's going to be several tribute shows, so I imagine they're going to film a bunch of them. And uh, oh, That's good. And uh, I'm pretty sure Supercard of Honor and their first episode will be dedicated somewhat to uh, Jay Briscoe. I'm curious to see what they do with the tag titles. Uh, but I I hope that they uh, have Mark Briscoe in the world title picture. Uh, not, not just because, you know, his brother died, but He's he, he's never won the world title in Ring of Honor. He's never won the full title Ring of Honor. He's never uh, won the big one. Not that I know of. I know and he's he's a he's a phenomenal singles wrestler. I, yeah. I I honestly think he's he's just as good as he's pretty much equally as good as Jay. Yeah, you I'm know they were. So bo- I mean, like I said, mention that match where they wrestled each other. Like it shows yeah. that both of them can be great singles wrestlers. 
Dilly. I'm not. It's definitely not being biased about that. Uh, I'm truly like Claudio versus Mark Briscoe would be a great. Hey, maybe you can do it at Super yeah. Guard of Honor. Yeah, um, maybe. maybe. There. Or do the first episode of New Ring of Honor. I feel like that would be a great match, like storyline wise, match wise. Uh, even the story now with what's happened, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of, speaking of Dana White, well, how the Fed CEO just paid it off. And yeah, I heard about that. The court settlement today for sexual assault, and he's, he's back in power. You uh, <laughs> Sam Fox are okay with it. Love it. Yeah, that says a lot. Uh, Cougar, yep. I, I seen that. It was, it, was, it was like 11 point something million dollars. And then Nick I also Ryan, saw that. I also saw Vince and his team settled a case as well. Although the sum wasn't explained, but they settled it out of court from crazy, 86. Yeah. But yet, we're, but yet, AW is the bad guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Then like I, I think last night that everyone was trashing Tony Khan about it, but I had a feeling like that whole night that WB was not gonna let him do anything. I just had that feeling that they weren't gonna be able to do anything. Like I said, it was out of his control. Yeah, mm-hmm. like and Tony Khan even mentioned, out of his control. He would mention that he did everything to get them on AEW or something. He tried and tried, but they, it wasn't gonna go anywhere. Uh Nick Khan, Khan, this man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Nick Khan sucks. Yeah, he's, he's a, a he's a cutthroat businessman. That's all he is. Yeah, he, he's basically a businessman. He I'm doesn't not, care about the product at all. I'm not really on cancel culture that much, but for Nick Khan to say he is there with a pass, basically what he's saying, like he like he he gets a free pass. You know, this was years ago. He 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 gets a pass, but it's millions of dollars that they've come up with, and probably more than that that they've come up with millions and millions of dollars of settlements and you know like. I don't know you how know it's bad it. when your own daughter steps down from the company. Yeah, and they... well, I mean, we talked about it too. Um, yeah, I don't know if it was last week or the week before. Yeah, it was last week. She was already talking about stepping away for a while before all that happened. Sure. But yeah, I guess when he came back, she's like, "Yeah, I'm done." <laughs> yeah, that was I'd the final. Be... That was the final nail. Once yeah. if Triple H steps down, that's it. That's yeah. it. Yep. That. That's <laughs> yep. <laughs> But he's their only hope now. Dog water, dog water, dog water. And that's I feel what like, the company's going like, to be dog water. I feel like somehow, somewhere, Vince is going to be back in creative. By the end of this year, he'll be back in creative. I guarantee and, it's in how ha- I, I guarantee it's in about six months. And then everyone's going to walk uh, out and sign back. Sorry. Everyone who came back just for Triple H is going to walk out. It's gonna be oh, a bad come on. You don't want to watch tonight. Roman Reigns versus Theory like every week? Well, well, no. Or you don't want to watch Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the yeah, umpteenth that's I, time? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That's what Vince will do. I'm <laughs> sick of seeing that. Like, I, don't, one thing, is, I don't mind when there's like a rematch, but gosh, I feel like no. what, every WrestleMania or every like, big preview, it was Roman and Brock. Roman I remember, and Brock. I remember that there one was piece. one time it was Seth and Brock, though. Brock got yeah. squashed by Seth. I was like, I remember that one time uh, they wore the hell out of Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. Oh my God! They they brought Rey Mysterio's family into it. They brought his daughter and Buddy Matthews in that weird relationship. That was uh, really weird. And Vince Man agreed on it. Go figure. Hey, do you guys do you guys remember when WWE was good? 
Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I actually <laughs> want to make a best of them, like when WWE was good, like when they were actually good. Like, well, you need to now. make it between the uh, the um, Attitude Era and the end of the Ruthless Aggression Era. That's say, pretty much the only eras that were really good. I'll say well, uh, it was all PG stuff. The too. Golden Era, like nineteen. 19- Ninety, maybe nineteen eighty. The golden era. I would basically ninety through two thousand ten. Yeah, that's it. Twenty years. That was it. That was the best twenty years in WWE. That was Kofi Kingston. They won't ever get back to where they were because they got. I don't believe we were. I don't believe we have the same Vince Man. I don't know. I'm still saying the Saudis are the favorites. I feel that Vince has been dealing with them during this time away. I wouldn't doubt it at this point. I mean, at this point, maybe. But also at this point, maybe he doesn't sell. What, he uh, just take over. I he just that, takes over. That's it. I've seen that The Rock made a very interesting uh, call that he would sell the company, but he would be in charge. Like He would be in charge of creative. So he's not spending any money. So he he's gonna get someone to buy it. He'll be the head booker. Uh, like during the sale, Triple H will, you know, he'll be fired basically, and uh, Vince will take over under a new company purchase, which I could see that happening. Yeah. Uh, I think it's gonna be Fox. Yeah, I, mean, I think so man. too. It's gonna be it's gonna be either Fox or Disney. <laughs> and, Everything. Why not? I want to see. I want to see Roman Reigns do the do 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 do. I want to see Roman Reigns versus Goofy in SummerSlam. That's what oh, I want to see. <laughs> Mickey Mouse is a special guest referee or the announcer. Gosh, Roman! That, gosh, Roman! You just punched me. Gosh. You want to have a like have a, a ride with WWE or something like a WWE ride or something at Disneyland. <laughs> Disneyland. Oh, oh my god! Oh, oh my god! Stone Cold the steel chair. Oh. <laughs> Be called, it'd be called like SmackDown, the roller coaster or something. That, I but you know what's funny be... is we had a discussion with this in my in my groups, and we were talking about what rides would you like to see for Disneyland, right? And so I had um so I had a really good idea. I'm gonna share this one with y'all. You guys have you guys have been on the have you guys been on the Haunted Mansion ride or seen the Haunted Mansion ride they have? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So what if it was that? So it starts out you know, kind of a similar, like, kind of flow. But you're backstage at a wrestling show, right? So you go through, and you're going through, and you pass people in catering, backstage brawls, doing interviews, on TikTok, like, just different, like, weird, funny moments, like, like you know, like, kind of just a chaotic backstage, right? And then you walk through, and then you're, uh, you know, how you walk through the curtain, your car goes through the curtain, and it plays like a random wrestling entrance theme song and it announces you to that guy. So you could have like Roman Reigns, Hogan, Flair, Cena, Orton, you know, just have like that be your, that, that'd be, that could be your awesome, um, that could be your ride. <laughs> or you could do Undertaker's uh, funeral party. Listen. Listen, if the WWF restaurant in New York did not work, that ride's not going to work. Is that a restaurant? WWE? WWE? WWF had, dude, back in like the late 90s, early 2000s, like WWE invested in so much crap. They did a restaurant. Um, they tried the to XFL. do like a ride, like a drop tower ride. 
Another uh, XFL they tried to invest in. Like they had a had, lot of crap uh, well, going on. This might be the restaurant, but wasn't it WWE uh, New York or something like that? Would have pay reviews. Like they would yes. be live at New York. Was yes, it, there was a restaurant there? in there. There was a ride there. They had like pay per views there. Like WWE looked, New York was like this whole idea packed. of like a mecca. It looked like packed. That. Every time they had that, it looked packed. I don't see how it didn't go. Well, that, that was packed every time. Like there was no seating room. Like it, I, I believe you can meet wrestlers there too. Like during a pay review, like that. It was packed every time I seen it. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, not. That this will happen, but if Ben sells TK and his oh, dad, God. the Dude, don't even start. Uh, a lot of people. What's that meme? What was that? Hold on, there was the meme that I saw that um, on Facebook in one of the wrestling groups. Oh yeah, the uh, um, WWF had a commercial like that, and it was at the headquarters, and chaos was going everywhere. There's fights in the cafeteria. There's fights everywhere. Someone got threw out of the <laughs> threw out of the building, uh, and AEW. Yeah. And AEW can definitely do that with the backstage drama, backstage. That oh my god, it's such a good commercial. I'm down. Uh, Pretty cool. I'm trying to see where I found that. Um, there's this meme, but and I'm, I'm trying to find it because it's so good. It is such a good meme. Here I'm going to once I find it. But Kook, I've actually been praying a lot about like. No, I'm not just saying that. I've been praying a lot because that does not happen. Uh, I'm not mind just saying that either. Um, it's gonna be a more of it's gonna be World War Three with the uh, fans meltdown. I'd say uh, that that's gonna be a sad day for me probably. I think that yeah, we're not gonna go into details. I think we went to it last yeah. week, but yeah, yeah, like I said, I would try it for a little bit because I'm very optimistic, but. It's one of those things that I don't want to think about, and I'm not thinking about it. I'm just gonna enjoy wrestling right now. But to think about it, like uh, when WWE I'm bought, just, I'm not a Fed fan. When a WWE bought WCW, a lot of wrestlers quit wrestling for a little bit. Sting, Goldberg, uh, Goldberg. Randy Savage never wrestled again. I don't think. Uh, no, he didn't. Um, did he? He did it with Impact for a little bit. Like a short yeah, stunt, and then yeah, but then he got in a car crash shortly after. But yeah, yeah, like. A lot of people like really because of TNA. I think yeah, if it wasn't for TNA. Apparently, the ones that didn't want to go to WWE to wrestle, and yeah. I think they knew what was going to happen. I think they knew what you know they they weren't going to be the, the NWL that they were going to get buried and all right tarnished. I found it. I found it by the way. So it's a picture of CM Punk holding the t- the AEW title. Oh, yes. This. Okay, I've seen this, this one. It says the year is 2024, and uh, anybody watching has never seen this meme, you got to find it. Year is 2024. The WWE-AEW merger is complete. CM Punk has be defeated Roman Reigns to become the WWE-AEW multiversal champion at the main event of All Out Mania. Somewhere in the distance, Vince McMahon sheds a tear and asks, what have I done? I've seen that before. I've, I've seen that. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen, still, that. Uh, I, I've seen that, and I literally cut off my phone and slung it across the room. And I've seen I that. saw that. I laughed, and then I was like, oh, shit. I don't want that to happen. I don't <laughs> want that to happen. I don't w- want that to happen. WWAEW. WWAEW. All Out Mania. Wrestle All Out. A Wrestle Out. 
or WrestleMania or All Mania or something. Don't like imagine the, like he thought the drama AEW Revolution was Slam. Like he thought the backstage drama in AEW was bad. Now imagine two rosters colliding with Seth Rollins who doesn't like AEW for no nothing, and Braun Strowman. That would be a hell hole locker room. Which uh, I don't know why Braun Strowman's still in wrestling at this point. <sighs> Pathetic. I, like, I, I feel like I, I feel, and, and this is a lot for me saying this. Uh, Tyrus is actually better than Braun Strowman. That's a lot. Dang, what is saying a lot there, bro? Braun Strowman's just uh, just size. I feel like no. <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna uh, wrap it up for the All Elite Zone podcast. Um, the cube. Before we go, we're gonna go for your last couple comments. I hope it does um, not happen either. That's I'm, either since day one. Yeah, yeah same for here. I've been a fan since yeah. day one. Keep it uh, separated. See that? Oh, the meme he was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Go see it. It's one of my favorite memes. That one in the whole. I'm Roman Reigns, and this is Disney Channel. I know and they're gonna do it. If it happens, they're gonna do it. Like just <laughs> for on Disney Channel. Like you watch on Disney That's... Channel, you see them. This is Roman. Like, see... they'll the, like they'll have the a new music. Done like all the new music in the background, and this is Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, and you're watching Disney Channel. <laughs> Welcome to the Usos Penitentiary. Coming up next, Wizards of Waverly Place. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's gonna do it for the uh that's gonna do it for uh mm. the all elite zone. I want to say a special thanks to everybody um that listened tonight. Thank you guys so much. Uh, make sure you guys uh, like, comment, share, you know, share, subscribe, uh, get people talking about our podcast. We're still trying to grow. So the more people we can have um, commenting and asking questions and the more insights we can give and the more people that like our stuff, um, the more, you know, hopeful chances we have at bringing in your favorite wrestling talents. Um, like I said, we, we're trying hard to get people on the show um, keep growing. So if you guys can, uh, yeah. So if you guys can, uh, try to help us out with that, we would really appreciate it. Um, Connor, um, gave us a little hint earlier in our group chat. Um, I'm making sure that I'm sharing with my friends and family. So, uh, yeah, make sure that you guys uh, subscribe and share. Um, also, uh, we'll be back tomorrow night for our rampage watch along. Uh, so we're gonna watch along to rampage card tomorrow night, nine central, so make sure you guys watch out for that as well. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter for all of our fair announcements going on. Um, we do post a lot of things on there, good insights, comments. about. Our, we also share our shows coming up, different topics that we're going to do. So we, we are trying to keep engagement with the fans. So make sure you guys uh, follow us on Twitter. And also make sure you follow us on Spotify, Podbeam, um, there's times if you guys want to go back and listen to our comments, some of our dumb things, Connors and my disagreements. Uh, we have a few of those on there as well. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, also, yeah. I said, yeah, keep an eye out for our YouTube uh, page. Connor is being a wizard right now. He's got some episodes um, for both our draft series and his and Aiden's uh, booking the elite is coming up very, very shortly. And I'm so excited for that because Connor's did the episode twice. So shout out Connor again. We appreciate well, all your hard work. Yeah. Thank you so uh, much for the show. We love you, man. Yeah. Thank you, Connor. 
I do want to say before we go off, uh, in the description, I put the donation uh, for Jay Briscoe and his family. Yes. Uh, okay. In the description, I have it down there. Um, so if you guys, uh, I probably want to donate. I'm going to donate something, but if, if, if anyone else watching, uh, feel free. The link's in the description below if uh, you want to check it out. Uh, in the link's description below, it, it's uh, down there. Also, um, anybody wants to keep spreading the love for them, for that family, uh, go ahead and keep spreading your outpouring support uh, for her and the girls. Uh, they definitely need it. Um, as well as we talked about on the show, Kevin Nash. Um, he's going through a tough time as well um, in that mental state. Uh, if you're a fan of his or if you if you know about him, go support him. And I highly, highly recommend anybody – um, who has the th uh, certain thoughts uh, to talk to somebody um, because that's what Kevin Nash is going through right now. Um, if, if you're feeling down, um, we try to provide you guys on this podcast for everything with a lot of positive um, energy for the sport of wrestling. Um, if you yourself, you know, I think all of us can say, if you, if you feel like you want to talk talk to somebody, you know, we got people who love you and, uh, got people who support you. Um, so, um, call a number if you have to. Um, but yeah, um, that's pretty much all I got to say. Yeah, no, that's very nicely said because you never know what can happen. You never know what a positive, happy comment, um, can do for somebody. You know, we here at the all the zone, we try to make sure we're positive, make sure we're very inclusive, um, with our listeners. So like I said, please get help if you need the help. You know, we're always, you know, if you're having a bad time, always, like I said, we're always having an ear for, with, you know, with us. Um, you don't have to message it directly on here. You can always slide into our DMs. We'll be happy to um, help get you in the right direction if you need to, or if you just need an ear to listen to, you know, I've gone through mental you know, health stuff. We all have, you know, you're never alone. And, you know, that's one thing with our, with our wonderful listeners and group, you know, we want to keep that love and that and keep spreading. So, you know, keep being positive with each other. Keep talking. Just and if you need to get help, get help. You're not alone. You don't need to battle this alone. You're not a burden on anybody's life because, like, you're something to somebody. To us, you're one of our amazing listeners. You know, but to somebody out there, you're your their their husband. You know, their mom, their sister, their dad, their brother, their their best friend. You know, you're not. A burden on their life at all. You're not a mistake. You're not a failure. You may be having some hard times in life, but you are an amazing person. Always remember that. And you are part of our All Elite Zone family. Yes. <laughs> Thank yeah. you guys so much. All right, guys. Well, that is going to do it for our Talking Elite episode. Uh, we will see you guys next week when we are going to have a great discussion. Uh, we're going to be talking tag teams next week on the All Elite Zone podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite teams, uh, not just with AEW, but with Impact, WWE, WWF, WCW. Uh, we're going to have a fun um, episode with that coming up. So make sure you guys uh, follow us on, you know, and come join us next week for our great uh, tag team, you know, conversations. Um, that, you know, that's Connor. That's Adam. Thank you guys so much for watching Talking Elite with the All Elite Zone podcast. And we will see you guys tomorrow night for Rampage.